welcome to another episode of Studio Insights. In this episode, we're doing things a little bit differently. So as you may know, we run a human-centered design approach at Belvista Studios. Um, it's a way we design our solutions. Um, it produces really good results for us. And what we're going to do in this episode is I've been looking at human-centered design activities and I found a new activity that I think may add value to our process and our team. So what we're going to do, we've never used it before. We're going to test it out today. So I'm going to test it out with Kim and Victoria. Um, it's an activity by IDEO. So it's their human, I'll just make sure I reference it properly, their field guide to human-centered design. So that's where the activities come from. So shout out to IDEO and they'll be referenced in the description below. Um, but what it's called is conversation starters. So I don't know if either of you have heard of that activity before. Mm -hmm. But basically what it is, is you, so when you have a project goal that, or a problem that you need to solve, you come up with conversation starters that are relevant to that problem. So the example that was in the field guide was say you had to like, you were building like a toilet, like the, the goal was to like create like a new toilet block. Then conversation starters could be like, what would a toilet look like in a thousand years? What would be, what would be the toilet of the future? What would be the most like environmentally friendly toilet? And you use those conversation starters with the end users so that you can like pick their brain and start to get insights around what would work for them as the people that you're designing for. Does that make sense? The way I've described it. Yeah. You're getting me to think differently out of my world by using a prompt. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And yeah, come cool. up with ideas from the user perspective. So you would use, you would run this activity with the people that you're designing for. So your learners. Okay. So gonna learn? I'm going to share my screen. So I thought we'd do an example on the healthcare system. Yeah. So something that our team's really passionate about. We want to make a difference to the healthcare industry. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to, Pretend that you two are healthcare workers. So you're a client that we're working for. Um, you could be nurses, doctors, and okay. I'm going to give you some conversation starters. And I just want you both to give me the first thing that comes to your mind. So like any idea or anything that you think of, yep. um, and I'm just going to record it on these sticky notes. Okay. Um, yeah. So for anyone like watching or listening, the intent of this is for me to understand Kim and Victoria's world as our end users and get some ideas for how we can solve a problem. So the first one is the problem is we want to like improve a practice, mm -hmm. so like improve a medical center or a practice and make it better. So the first one is what would a hospital or practice look like in a thousand years? Shout it out. <laughs> I think you just like literally the front door. I don't even know if you need to go there. It might just happen at home, but it's like this scanner and it just scans your body and tells you these are all the problems and just gives you automatically like here's the solutions, whether it's exercises, medication, and it puts a plan in and it already orders like everything and it's on its way to your house. Oh, so it's like super automated and it can just tell by scanning your body. That is so cool. 
You may have just predicted the future, Kim. Maybe. Well, we have this video. We won't maybe not be around, <laughs> but uh, depends on yeah how, how my healthcare goes. So that's really cool. I'm going to jump in and out of the role play so we can reflect on the activity. Yeah, okay, cool. But that's really cool because like whilst you might not be able to replicate that exactly, you can get some insight into what they would want. So mm -hmm. actually you're more like a patient in this instance for this one. So it would be like, what does the patient want? And it could also be insight from the employees of what would make their practice better. Um, but it's cool because it's like, oh, okay. So like potentially people want their medication sent to their house rather than having to pick it up. So something like that could be yeah. now, even if like the whole solution is not yeah. for what's possible. So I think that's quite cool. Yeah, even from that, there's so many different things. Like it might mean that doctors no longer exist because it's all automated. We can just go, mm. if this little thing shows up in a scan, then it's this, mm. and then this is what you need to do. So doctors could be become redundant in the future. And as you say, how can you automate the process so that something gets sent to someone's house and that's a system and how do you collect mm. that? So already just from one solution, there's like so many different roads that it could go through yeah that's really cool okay so practice look like in a thousand years i think it even could just be like a yeah it's like you scan like a, a scan of on your phone and it does that same thing so you don't have to go anywhere um a practice a thousand years I even think oh, probably in a thousand years, you could just think it. We might have microchips in us that you just go, oh. and maybe you don't even know, like I feel off, but like your microchip can pick up some sensation or some abnormality in your body. And it does all this behind the scenes. So maybe practices don't exist. Um, This is like Elon Musk level idea. <laughs> Sounds like his job's easy, just coming up with these little, <laughs> this question, and then that's how he goes with his crazy ideas. Do you have anything, Vic? Not yet. <laughs> okay, now I'm just stuck on same yep, similar good. variations of that. Cool. I think we move on then if you don't have anything, Vic. Okay, so the next one is a hospital or practice with no limits on time and money. Ooh. So that is definitely the medical practitioner spending the adequate amount of time to understand the true problem and come up with a solution that solves the true problem because they wouldn't be worried about getting them in and out in that 15 minute time slot and getting paid by how many people they see in mm -hmm. a day um there'd be more practitioners like, because if at the moment it's about like, yeah, they'd be just able to have more GPs and more nurses available 
and there wouldn't be a shortage of beds and yeah. um, appointments and stuff like that. So there'd be enough resources to support the demand of the world. Mm. Very cool. I can see this leading into, you know, the how might we questions? Yeah. Like how might we have like how might we enable practitioners to spend more time with their patients to understand the mm. true problem and then coming up with solutions from there this mm. is cool i can see value in this anything else or should we move on to the next one i'll give us a moment give us a moment beat it up we haven't got <laughs> <all>. <laughs> practice with no limits on Well, I think a lot of like, I feel like a lot of people that get into this kind of industry want to help people. Mm. Um, so it would allow them, their motivation would be super high and they wouldn't be fatigued by their job. And that motivation of why they got into the industry and sought this as a career in the first place would then uh, like follow through into how they treat their patients and how they interact and all that kind of stuff. So I think that would be really nice instead of, I guess, not as much empathy or poor communication or all those little things that we may experience now yeah. because there are time and money um, pressures. I wonder about the balance of who would choose to do an appointment as a patient, who would go for appointments and who wouldn't. Cause I think I've heard stories and, you know, in an emergency department, a lot of people may show up because it's free as opposed to booking a doctor's appointment, but do they need to be in the emergency department? Yeah. So I, I'm not sure that would be something to explore about what, would it mean for what kinds of appointments are booked and when are they booked and who are they booked for? So that might really change what it looks like as well. Yeah, definitely. Anything else? Well, maybe mm, it seems to, no, hold on. Who are we now? We're a practitioner. Are we in the industry or we're a patient? Um, I feel like you could be either while we're practicing this. Okay. What do you think? What do you think would be more valuable for solving? Like, I think brain? both perspectives are useful to like mm. understand the context. So I guess in, if we ran a workshop with a client, we would have both, right? We can yeah. have the employees and the end users. Yeah. Yeah. Because we'd probably have two personas. Mm. Well, it depends on the success statement. That would determine <laughs> what yeah. perspective. Yeah. Um, don't know, Hannah. Yep. All good. We'll do a couple more, I think. Two more. Yep. That's okay. Yeah, cool. This is our thing. A human <laughs> design hospital or practice. What would that look like? 
practitioners that know how to solve the right problem, whether that's asking the right questions, breaking from their tradition and the way they've always done things to solve the true problem that each individual patient is facing. They would see their patient as a human and not a and not just another something that comes through the door. Not just another number. Yeah. That's speaking from my own customer experience. Yeah. I believe that there would be more social responsibility playing out. And what that might look like is education in schools around mindset and well-being and that kind of stuff, self-worth, love, um, all those things that when they're not nurtured in the child, then stem into something as a, an adult. So helping in the education system, their social responsibility is to have like classes in school that focus on well-being and self-worth and self-love. And then also their social responsibility to do that for parents to support that in the home as well. So parents are better equipped to help with the mindset and not create trauma experiences that then grow into illnesses um, or life choices down the line that lead to people in our current state of the world or in Australia, maybe even just of why people go to a hospital or a practice in the first place. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. I'm going to jump in as well. I think like if options were provided to the patient for how they could heal themselves. Like it's not just like one mm. thing fits everyone. It might be like you can try like natural remedies or you can do this medication. So it's more like of a holistic mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause right now it is one person's like mm -hmm. knowledge or extent or beliefs. And then like, we don't always go and seek that second or third opinion on our diagnosis because we're like, well, that's more money for an appointment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess it would be a better understanding of the barriers that exist for the challenges that we're facing and challenges I would say will come from data such as deaths, uh, types of illnesses that exist wherever it is. Mm. And then we'd be out with a human centered approach, you'd be able to solve them. 
if they do this already, but I think it'd be cool if they had some sort of like record of you and your life. Like I can imagine you like walking into the practice and they're like, oh, hey, Hannah, like um, how have you been since like that family member passed? Like, I'm really sorry about that. Like mm. you've been attending your psychology sessions. Like how have they been going? And just having like, they know about you as a, a life diary, like basically. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else for this one? No, I think it's broad enough up, I probably for the demonstration of your activity. Cool. All right, let's do one more, I think. Mm -hmm. um. Oops. So a hospital or practice that prolongs the lifespan of everyone. Ooh. my immediate response is some of the ones that we said in the, the human-centered approach definitely carry over to this one yeah but prolongs the lifespan um I think that scan you said, like scans the body as you enter. Yeah. Because then it can pick up on things that the doctor or the patient might not know. Yeah. So right now, just to recap the intention, because I, I feel like I'm just, I want to remember what we're here to do. So it's basically how might a hospital or practice prolong the lifespan of everyone? Yeah. That's what you want ideas for? Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, not, accept, not accepting stats. So like your the expected life expectancy is this, or you have this diagnosis, your life expectancy is this. What if that is a limiting belief or has some, like, because it just goes to anything I've heard about the placebo, um, where like you can heal yourself by being on like a, is it is that the placebo effect where yeah. it's like you have a pill and it's actually doing nothing but you yeah. improve something so what if we are limiting ourselves um so what if we treated everyone like they were going to live forever mm. i think we i it definitely comes back for me like education around mindset in schools and for parents and maybe that comes down to helping people decide should they be parents like yeah. we have to get a license to drive a car and get like you go to marriage counseling or not what is it like uh, pre-marriage something I don't know what yeah. that is called but like there's lots of things that you do something to be able to be qualified as proficient in that or maybe parenthood is a conversation that we should be having is this right for you why do you want to have kids um what if we just like I guess 
I don't know enough about it and so I don't want it to come from a place of huge assumption but like there is to the limited knowledge I have around you know what if governments just eliminated all bad foods all processed foods like there's it's money driven that's why these things exist and it gives money to someone power so what if a government just said no more of that we know that that kills this or we know that that causes this we want our humans to live forever in our world so therefore no more and that money that power just ceases to exist mm-hmm. so it's standing up to stop those things like cool. for example if well i don't know the stats of smoking but like they always say smoking is bad so you know we'll just fucking those companies can't exist anymore and yeah 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 cool like it all bad foods all bad habits um mm. they I don't know. Well, our council's really good. Like I was just going to say they offer free um, health stuff. Like I know, like I'm part of Brisbane city council and they do free yoga. Like I go to that on the weekend, like they do free fitness classes. That stuff is available. Maybe it just needs to be better communicated. So the, the systems and things are in place, but maybe it's awareness that they exist for people because not everyone knows that there's free yoga there's free tai chi or there's free boxing on a saturday in the local park yeah that's cool. provided by your local community so yeah mm, very cool better exposing the good things that exist i guess yeah so that people take advantage of it but then that's probably a challenge that we need to understand better i don't know what that currently is but why aren't people taking advantage of that that's probably goes back to mindset on like delayed gratification you know we keep eating shite and it only impacts us when we're 50 well if that's like 20 30 years away I might not make it then anyway so I'm making immediate life choices so maybe trying to think I guess that's critical thinking and strategic thinking on your life maybe that's a skill we need to learn because then I as a person might think um you know these big max that I've been having for the last 10 years like yeah they're probably gonna play out somehow down the line but I don't know what that is so maybe mm. being able to think about that a bit more and go oh do I want to be I don't know unable when I'm older do I still want to be able to surf and do all these fun things that I can do now when I'm 90 maybe that is possible for me if I make these choices now at the current age that I am yeah that's cool Okay, I think I've done enough for you. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I think we'll finish it up there just for the purpose of the demonstration. (laughs) Um, I guess what reflections have you both had from that activity? Do you think it's something that we could use with our clients to help come up with ideas and solutions for improving their service? Yes, I definitely see it playing out for sometimes I feel like people can't get out of their own world. Mm. So to empathize better, it is good. Like that, how might we do this? It puts yourself out of your own experience of the world. Like there was definitely certain things that were coming up for me that were based on my experience. Mm. But then the way 
you gave us prompts allowed me to think of it from different frames, a different yeah. frame of mind. So that was helpful. Yeah, I feel like um, to me, it kind of seems like an extension of empathy mapping, like, but the prompts helped you think of it in a different way. Cause I know with that, it's like, what would you uh, hear, say, feel, do. think, is it, do? Okay. <laughs> um, but I feel like those questions, it just like kind of takes it to like the next level and helps you expand on it a bit more. Mm. Cause it does make you think of it from like a different lens. Yeah, where you might be stuck. yeah that's definitely cool. that um the first one the thousand years like mm. and I know we have a resource where it's like yeah like the next one no time limit no time budget limit it gets you into a frame of mind as the participant in your activity um of possibility so it didn't have me I maybe the lower ones actually now just on reflection they made me think of my current experience and it's hard to change or that's we're not going to be able to overcome that, which I think sometimes can play out. And it's like, oh, it's all doom and gloom. But those ones got me into a place of possibility. So you can see that's where I'm like in space, mm. that, like science, like all this technology, whereas the other ones are like, oh, I don't know, maybe. But I think it does allow that possibility openness to this solution can be solved. Mm. Yeah, it's very cool. I think as well, like it's awesome that even though some of the ideas were out there, I can imagine if there was like employees and patients in the room, employees could be like, oh, we can't do that, but we could do this. Like we could do a lower scale version of that. Mm. And the patient could be like, oh, that'd be so cool. Like that's the ultimate. But if you can achieve it in another way, that would be awesome. So I can just see like it would bring up opportunities for improvement and I'm wondering if, yeah, like at the end of the process, like you could, people would like look through them and be like, what would actually be possible? Like, how could we make some of these out there ideas a smaller scale so we can actually do something with it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really cool activity. I think it, I like it. So how would you think about your next steps? You would do this before you storyboard, like you're still in the analysis phase. So how would you use what you've got from us to solve the problem? Um, I'm more currently, like I'll reflect on it more, but I'm seeing it when we connect with the healthcare providers. So this is an example where we do human-centered design, and then we generate a report that provides them with strategies to improve their practice. I can see like these ideas, once they're put into like a more applicable format, put into that report so that clients can see like, these are the things that we can change that can make what we offer or do now better. So I can probably more see it in that report. I haven't, I need to reflect on how it would work for like a storyboard or a learning solution? Yeah, I feel like for me, it's like, it would be, you, you're brainstorming really. Mm. And then you'd have to go back, maybe through a voting with the people in the room. Yeah. Um, and say, well, let's vote now on which ideas we wanna move forward. And you'd have to have criteria around that because some mm. of them like it'd be cool. It'd be like, oh yeah, do the scanner. And it's like, well, that's a billion trillion dollar idea and the technology <laughs> isn't available yet. So you'd need criteria for it. Yep. But um, 
it's thinking about, yeah, which ones do we want to move forward? What's our criteria for bringing an idea forward and starting to prototype that? And it's also looking at, you know, some of these things, training's not the answer, or this is a quick win of how we can achieve that, um, or, you know, we need to partner with schools or we need to partner with parenting, I don't know, groups or something. Mm -hmm. Like there's new, the problem is bigger than just the healthcare industry. It impacts other industries. How do we connect them if we want to truly solve the problem? Mm -hmm. So it's giving us deeper context on what's happening. And then from that, it's like, yeah, there's lots of, I'm just looking at that one that I can see now. So practice with no time, no limits on time and money. So as an instructional designer, I then go, yeah, I'd seek to understand on that first one, how can we create more time for practitioners? Like they always seem to be on the go, rushed, under pressure, time pressure. I would want to d dig deeper and understand that. Why is it that way? What are all the challenges? Help, that definitely needs to be resolved on a deeper level. And then there'd be so many things in terms of processes, culture, um, technology efficiencies that would come out as a solution. Mm. Um, the next one, more practitioners have the support. So more practitioners. Yeah, like maybe that's a thing where the, we have to go, look, there's not enough practitioners to support mm. um, our population pay government, like instead of, I don't know, the potholes this year, put that money into creating more job opportunities in this industry. Mm -hmm. So refocusing where they prioritize their money. Yeah. And might that look like, I always thought this was a cool idea and this just, it just, I'm trying to like see how it plays out. Mm. But you know, like in the conversation with the government, what that could look like is, well, what if we all pay taxes? What if at the time of tax, you had a little pie chart and the government said, these are all the things that we spend our money on. Mm. You as a, a citizen, Kim, where do you want to put your money towards? And because I care about healthcare and I care about education, then I might say 50% to those things. And then everything else is just getting like 3%, 2%, 5%. Mm. And that's how government decisions are driven by the people as opposed to what the priorities and how they're set now. So we just see mm. how that is like, a, it's like the iceberg that systems thinking Because mm. if we have a generation like us that care, well, I don't know, that's a big assumption, but like, if I just think, cause I recently watched, I am Greta that um, I oh, yeah. climate change documentary. So if there's a significant increase in the future generations caring about climate change, well then, we should be listening to the people that are going to live in that time that we're making decisions mm -hmm. about now. What do they care about? How do we start being proactive towards solving those problems mm -hmm. for the life that they're going to live in the world that they're going to live in, not the world that we currently live in for a pothole that's out there that we could just drive around. I know mm -hmm. that's a very basic thing, but that's how, I guess, we use, when we talk about solving the true problem, this is how it could play out. Mm. And that's how we also become very valuable 
in terms of us as instructional designers because these are the problems that we actually solve like if we really did our job properly these are the conversations we'd be having and trying to influence and the initiatives that we'd be working on which yeah, people yeah. are doing um and that's all like the big design thinking and human-centered design firms that's the problems they're solving yeah wow that's cool i can almost see it as like it's on what comes out of this could be like on a graph thing where it's like these are quick wins you can do. Mm. These are like systems level problems, yeah. like wicked problems. These are like, this could be a training solution. Like we recommend, like it's a skills thing that people need and like separating it into those sections so that people can understand mm. what they can do with it. Mm, yeah. Cool. Well, that was awesome. Thanks for participating team. Oh, good. So this was basically you had discovered something, you wanted yep. to experiment with it and see if it might uh, improve how we do things or how you do things as a practitioner. So like, that's what we're just learning to be better and serve our learners better. You're just seeing it play out live. So definitely y'all need to be doing it. Awesome. Thanks everyone for tuning in. What's up, awesome human. Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz, could I be a better instructional designer? That has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude. And also we've got some templates and basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design and e-learning. So a human centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.